Hope you're waiting on the Lord this morning and you're trusting in His strength alone as you serve Him. Please take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 10. And as you are turning, a question that was asked uh, this morning, uh, what about our schedule in August? Uh, sa ngayon, since uh, this announcement by the LGU just came out uh, late yesterday afternoon, we're going to just continue uh, as planned and uh, we will let you know if anything changes. Of course, we're going to keep an eye on the different rise of the cases, uh, kung merong uh, impact in, in that regard and how our government is able to handle it or what other restrictions are put in place. And uh, we just continue to keep tra- uh, praying to the Lord and keep trusting and understand that this situation natin is fluid. It just uh, it's very dynamic, so it changes, you know, day to day, week to week. mga plano natin, we just continue to trust it to the Lord. Uh, also, if you have a, an opportunity this week, if you haven't done so already, this week I think maybe it was Wednesday or Thursday morning, uh, I posted a link in the Lighthouse group to a journal put out by Nine Marks, and uh, Nine Marks is a ministry based out of a local church in Washington D.C., one of the oldest churches uh, in the United States, if I understand correctly. And uh, they're very local church-oriented, very biblical-oriented. And uh, they put out a journal this week uh, entitled, How to Build the Church. And I would just like to encourage you, if you haven't done so yet, uh, click on that link and then find one or two articles, uh, yung titles, maybe your topics might resonate with you. And just read it. Uh, it takes a short article there, took one minute to read. Uh, the one longer article took about three minutes to read. So, napaka-ikli lang, ano? And uh, they will challenge you spiritually. So maybe if you're looking for something to supplement your Bible reading this week, your personal devotions in a way that is practical, a way that will help you uh, grow the church, then uh, I suggest that you do that this week. And maybe if uh, you would like to do that every day, read one article or two articles every day in Gamatapos in journal. What will happen is uh, I firmly believe that the Lord can use that in your life spiritually to challenge you. And uh, yung outworking nun will benefit our church as a whole. As uh, you find one or two ways practically where you can help the church grow and uh, you put that into practice in your own life, lalong, lalong lalakas yung ating uh, samahan, yung assembly that God has, has given us here. So I'd like to encourage you if you haven't done that already. Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to verse 25. The author of Hebrews has spent a good portion of six chapters talking about the high priesthood of Jesus Christ, how Jesus Christ is the superior high priest. And now he's beginning to wrap that up, itong argument niya. And at this point, uh, in his argument, he's just, he feels convinced that he has laid out, uh, he has instructed us enough so that at this point, anyone who has read this and studied this have, uh, has a good understanding that Jesus Christ is the only one who can give us access to God. And now he begins to give us some exhortations. What should we do because of who Jesus Christ is and what Christ has done? So think natin yung Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to verse 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, Let us draw near with a full heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, 
as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Father in heaven, we praise you for our Savior Jesus Christ, our great high priest, the author and finisher of our faith. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done on the cross for us and the benefits that we now enjoy because of it, the forgiveness of sins, the new standing as your children, having a righteous position because of Christ. And Father, I pray that we would obey the different exhortations that you've given us as a result of that new standing we have because of what Jesus Christ has done. We pray for wisdom as we study your word today. Lord, we depend on you because we cannot understand scriptures on our own. Holy Spirit, we need your help. We ask that you would give it this morning, not just to understand your word, but also, Lord, to live it out. I pray that you would give us the strength we need so that we could respond to you with obedience and submission, or that we would uh, be able to put into practice the mga bagay na aming pag-aaralan sa umagang to. Ito ang aming panalangin sa pangalan ni Jesus. Amen. Uh, this last year, as we visited my parents in Canada, uh, I uh, usually pag bumibisita kami, I help my dad drive when he has different errands. And uh, just recently, a few years ago, he bought a car na medyo high-tech. The moment he walked into, moment he got into the car and uh, the engine was started, the computer of the car picked up. Uh, it was connected by Bluetooth to his cell phone. And uh, so he sat there in the passenger seat, I was in the driver's seat, and he pulled up his contacts and chose one kung saan kami mag, uh, we were going to deliver some food. And uh, he pressed that contact and uh, clicked on the address and hit go. And right there on the screen, yung uh, Google Maps assistant, that voice that tells you where to go, uh, came up, a uh, map telling us where to go and pick a different route, pick a route. There were three available ones uh, were shown. And uh, so I clicked on the fastest one, obviously, and uh, right away, yung Google Maps took over. And uh, as you're driving, you know, it gives you, a, gives you a, a, just an overhead view of where you're going through the city. And uh, then as you step on the gas and the vehicle starts moving, yung voice ng Google, you know, begins to give you instructions. And many of you have used Google, so sometimes through our phone. And uh, so we're sitting there in the car, and uh, the screen changes, tells you when a turn is coming up, shows you the corner and how you're going to turn, and then begins to tell you, uh, right turn in 300 meters. And, uh, and then as you're getting closer, uh, the voice becomes more urgent and urgent. All right? Uh, right turn in 200 meters, 100 meters, 50 meters, all the way down to 15 feet. And then pag nandong ka na, the voice even becomes more urgent and says, uh, right turn, right turn, until you know they're satisfied that you're turning the wheel of the car, and then a different display comes up until you get to the different turn. And you know, that can be pretty helpful, especially when you're trying to beat traffic, dahil alam niya. But uh, as we were getting closer to the destination, uh, there was something that my dad was aware of that hindi uh, alam ni Google Maps. Uh, he knew that there was a portion of the road there that was being fixed. There was some construction going on. And uh, see, Google wanted us to keep staying on that main road. But uh, see, Dad knew that we needed to take a side road to avoid all that construction. And so right when we're about to get to that construction, he said, take a right here. And so we went into this neighborhood. And as soon as we did that, uh, see, Google started having a heart attack. You know, it started giving me instructions, you know, turn left, turn around. Uh, and every time we passed a corner, she would give a different set of instructions. And then everything would recalculate. And uh, then uh, finally, once we got back on the route that she had prescribed, you know, then things kind of calmed down. 
You know, yung, yung Google Maps and uh, Waze, whatever it is that you use, they're really very helpful. They're very helpful in the sense that they can tell you how to get somewhere, right? They can even tell you the best way possible to get there. But you know, there are times, anytime actually as you're driving, that uh, you don't really have to follow Google Maps. At any point throughout the journey, you can make the choice to turn that wheel and go a different direction. Uh, now, of course, kung na-annoy na kayo dun sa bosses ni Google Maps, papatayin nyo na. Alam nyo naman kung saan kayo pupunta. Diba? And uh, I like to keep it on when I'm going to a strange place, even if I already know how to get there sometimes just to you know, make sure I don't miss the turn. And even coming home, I keep it on. And usually, I turn it off. Uh, somewhere here around Sukat. Kasi, alam ko na eh, pa-uwi na ako. Alam ko na yung Sukat, di ba? Makaka-uwi na ako. Uh, I know how to get home. I know the best way to approach my house. Okay? And uh, sometimes that means going through Lopez rather than President's Avenue. So we know that, you know, <clears throat> tatanda ka sa President's Avenue pag doon ka dumaan. Do you know that oftentimes tayong mga Christians, alam natin that we should approach God. And uh, we think that we know the way. But uh, the problem is, that way is not always automatic. You know, the Bible tells you how you can build your relationship with God. God has given you clear instructions on how, can you, build, how you can build your relationship with Him. He has given you step-by-step information, not just on who He is and what He's like, but on how you can respond to Him so that you can grow in your love for Him. The problem is, hindi automatic yung bagay na yun. Just as, you know, that car had the capacity to tell me where to go and what turns to make, but ultimately, I had complete control over that steering wheel. I had to step on the gas. And anytime I could step on the brake, I could turn to the wheel to the left even when that voice was telling me that I needed to go right. And uh, even when it was time to go home and we were headed to my parents' house, at any moment, even that final turn to the right, I could still choose to follow a different road if I wanted to. And you know, as a Christian, it's the same way with our spiritual life. Even though God has given us clear instructions on how to build a close relationship with Him, Approaching that kind of walk with God is not automatic. But the good news in this passage is this. Jesus Christ is the key to build a close walk with God. Jesus Christ has done certain things. In fact, uh, verse 19 to verse 21 tells us, reminds us of certain things that Jesus Christ has done for us. And then verses 22 to 25 gives us specific instructions. So God has given us step-by-step things that He wants us to do on the basis of what Jesus Christ has done. And if you want to have a close walk with God, if you want to build your relationship with God, you have to do it on the basis of what Jesus has done. And then you have to do it Jesus' way. Follow the instructions that He has given you and me. Tignan natin. Christ is the key to a close walk with God, and we need to respond to Jesus by obeying what Christ has told us to do. Let's look at verses 19 to 21. It starts off by giving us two reasons or basis 
for obedience to Jesus Christ. And the basis of this is the fact that Jesus Christ has provided us with everything that we need to build our relationship with God. Tignan natin yung verses 19 to 21. Uh, it starts off by saying, therefore. Usually when you have that word, therefore, uh, whoever says that or writes that, meron siyang basis, right? Uh, there's been an argument that's been going on since chapter 4, and the author of Hebrews has been telling you that there's no one like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not like the prophets. He's not like the angels. He's not like Moses. Jesus Christ is the very Son of God, and He is our High Priest. He is the final sacrifice. Therefore, since we don't longer need the, the Old Testament system of sacrifice, therefore, and then He continues to give us two more reasons. Uh, yung next words would be since. So merong basis. Uh, yung word since shows up in verse 19 and then verse 21. So He gives us there two reasons or two things that we can count on so that we can build that relationship with Jesus Christ. The first one is in verse 19, he talks about the confidence that we have to enter into God's presence. Jesus' superior sacrifice gives us boldness to enter into God's presence. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, confidence to do what? Confidence to enter the holy places, how? How do we have that confidence? How did Jesus Christ give us that confidence to enter into God's presence? Well, he says here that uh, it's through his sacrifice. Sabi niya dito, by the blood of Jesus. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, pointing to his death on the cross, gives us that confidence. And not just through his sacrifice, but also through the way that he provided. And by the new and living way. So there is a different way that we, a new, as far as uh, itong salitang new, it means freshly slain, something that did not previously exist. So Jesus Christ provided us a way to God. It's something new that they didn't know about before. And also, it's a living way, not dependent on slain animals, lifeless animals, on blood of dead sacrifices, but through the resurrected and living Son of God. He says, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. So how was this way provided for us by God? It was through the curtain of his flesh. The rending of the veil in the temple when Christ was crucified, uh, that's symbolic of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He opened access for us to God. That's why we have confidence. We have confidence because of the blood of Jesus Christ and we have confidence because the way to God's presence is through Christ himself. What does that mean for us? You know, as you're here this morning worshiping or this week as you're home reading your Bible, spending time with God in worship, you know that you can approach God with confidence, with boldness. You can approach God with boldness as you worship him and pray. Uh, Kristen, when, a few times when uh, we were dating, she, uh, she was kind enough to give me a tour of Washington, D.C. And, um, you know, when we, we would go there, we visited, uh, we, we wouldn't go into the White House, but we were able to go to the uh, uh, Capitol building where the Senate is, where, where uh, there were riots outside this last January or February. And uh, that's where their Senate is. And uh, as you enter the premises, you can see the uniformed secret service, you know, very fully armed. 
And then uh, one time we, we went into the back and uh, nakita namin kung saan sinusundo yung mga congressmen and senators. And it was a long line, maybe 25, 30 of black uh, Chevy Suburbans. And uh, each one of them had at least one or two you know, Secret Service agents, talagang full suit, just looking around with their, their shades. And uh, there were certain portions that you can go to the Capitol building and take pictures. But then there were certain portions that, you know, right away, as soon as you tried to approach, someone would come forward and you could tell that it, they were part of the, the Secret Service. And, uh, you know, they were so intimidating na ayaw mo na nga magpaalam eh. Alam mo namang hindi yung, yung sagot eh pagka nagpaalam ka, pero ayaw mo na magpaalam. Can you imagine if you tried to get even closer to one of those senators? Or try to get closer to the president? Try to walk into the door, the gates of the White House? gate, uh, probably you'll only get a few meters um, because of all the different agents that, would, agents that would run to tackle you and the different dogs probably that they would set loose. Then even if you got past that, you probably wouldn't be able to enter the White House itself and, and get so close to the president. You couldn't just approach. But what if you were friends with the president's son? Maybe you would have a better chance of approaching the president for a quick conversation. Do you think yung anak ng presidente nakakalapit sa kanyang ama? Of course. And you know, when you think about that, that's the kind of boldness that a child of God has. How can you have boldness to approach God's throne? You approach God's throne with boldness because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's sacrifice and the entrance that He provided gives us boldness. You don't have to be trapped or consumed by the sins of the past. We don't have to be in bondage to what we've done before because they've been forgiven by Jesus Christ. And now you can approach with a clean slate, with a clean record, because of Jesus Christ. So as you approach God in worship each week, as you approach Him individually in worship each day, tandaan natin that we can approach God with confidence. You have access and direct access to God. Jesus' superior sacrifice gives us boldness, and Jesus' superior priesthood takes us into God's presence. So his sacrifice provides the basis for us to approach with boldness. But actually, Jesus Christ himself takes us into his very presence. Tignan natin yung verse 21. And since we have a great priest over the house of God. Uh, this word great priest, we've spent a lot of time looking at what Jesus' ministry is. His superior work established uh, our relationship with God. That's what none of the high priests in the past could do. They couldn't give people a relationship with God. They offer sacrifices, and yet they couldn't bring people into a direct relationship with God. Only Jesus could do that. And Jesus did do that. Nakita natin sa chapter 5 and chapter 7 that he's a great high priest over God's house because God appointed him. And also, makikita natin as we've studied it, he brought into existence a new people, a new people, a new family directly related to God. That's who Jesus Christ is. We need to depend on the grace that Jesus continues to offer us today. Jesus' ministry is not yet finished. He's continuing his ministry seated at the right hand of God. It is a ministry of grace. He continues to be our high priest today. Uh, part of the reason why we have access to God is because of what Jesus Christ has done and what Jesus Christ continues to do. 
Jesus himself sat, he entered into God's presence and he himself, when he rose from the grave and ascended into heaven, he himself takes us into God's presence. Uh, even though Jesus has opened the way for a direct approach to God, his ministry continues. He's guiding us, strengthening us, encouraging us, and the Bible tells us that he continues to pray for us today. So makikita natin sa verse 19 to 21, Jesus has done certain things. Jesus has provided us grace to build a relationship with God. You have everything you need. You can approach God directly. You can approach Him with confidence. Jesus is the key for you to build your relationship with God. He has given you everything that you need. Jesus Christ didn't just provide you with what you need to build your relationship with God. Jesus tells you what you need to do to build your relationship with God. He gives us three commands here in verses 22 to 25. And the uh, commands, they all begin with the phrase, let us. Okay, let us. Now, uh, it's English, it's translated in English. The idea here is almost an encouragement. But the way that this is phrased in, in the Greek language, this is, really, this is really an exhortation, a command, if you would. These are things that we need to do because of what Jesus has done. This is now what Jesus tells us to do on the basis of his work. So, what did Jesus tell us to do to build our relationship with God? The first one, he commands us to draw near to God. Verse 22. Excuse me. Verse 22 says this Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So the main command here is for us to draw near. Jesus commands us to build a relationship with God by drawing near into God's presence. And then this command is further explained by four clauses or four phrases that follow it. And uh, we can divide them into two. The first two phrases uh, really talks about uh, the manner we must approach God in the prescribed manner. What's the manner? How should we believers draw near to God? Well, it says here we should draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. And bang ibig sabihin ng drawing near to God with a true heart? Uh, this means that you draw near to God with a sincere heart. Sincere means true, genuine, sincere. That's the idea. Uh, really, the idea here is a heart of commitment. You know, we, we all have different things we're committed to, right? Uh, a lot of our young people are committed to their studies. Some of you young professionals, you're committed to building your careers. Uh, some of you older folks, you're committed to your families. Maybe some of you, you've got some hobbies that you're committed to. What does God want you to do? God wants you to draw near to Him with a true heart, a sincere heart, a committed heart. That means that your heart belongs completely to God. Uh, it's possible that we're not growing spiritually because we're approaching God, yes, and yet we're approaching God, we're not fully committed to Him. Maybe we're 5% committed, 10% committed, partially committed when it's convenient. We give God the leftovers. But you know what God wants you to do? He wants you to approach Him with a sincere heart. That means that your heart completely belongs to God. There's commitment. He also wants you to approach in full assurance of faith, or in other words, full assurance produced by faith. This is a firm trust 
in God. This is you approaching God with that certainty, that confidence that you are His because you believe in who He is and what He's done for you at the cross. Uh, this is similar to how James tells us in chapter 1 to approach God with faith. All right? and we talk to God asking Him to help us grow spiritually and yet in the back of our mind, we're not really fully convinced that God is going to do this for us. There's still that doubt. I've done too much. I've sinned too much. Or I'm not good enough for God. Well, that's not how God wants you to approach Him. God wants you to approach Him with a committed, a sincere heart and God wants you to approach Him with confidence based on your faith in who He is and what He's done and what He promises to do for you. That's the manner in which we should approach God. Our hearts being true and faithful and our hearts trusting completely in His faithfulness. There are two other phrases here in verse 22 and uh, this now tells us about the basis. If uh, the first half was telling us about the manner, uh, we need to also approach Him on His prescribed basis. So how is the believer's heart prepared? How do we receive that confidence to draw near to God? Well, it says here, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. The moment that you were converted, what happened? Christ's atonement was applied to your heart. Your heart was sprinkled clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. Not with blood of, the blood of bulls and goats, but with the blood of Jesus Christ. Anong tinanggap natin? At the moment of our conversion, we received the forgiveness of sins that only God could give. This is eternal cleansing. And uh, with our bodies washed with pure water. Now, when you're just reading this uh, superficially, it's easy to say and uh, make the connection, oh, this is baptism. Uh, it's not. Uh, there has been no reference throughout the author of Hebrews' argument to baptism as of yet. But what he has done a lot of is he has used a lot of imagery pointing back to the Old Testament sacrifice. So he's not talking here about baptism. But he's using a word picture to point back to the cleansing that was done in the Old Testament sacrifice. And uh, if we were going to make the connection with the New Testament, the New Testament tells us that that cleansing is done by the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God. We have that in John chapter 3. So this is the basis. The basis is having been converted and having been received the forgiveness of sins and also having been purified by the cleansing of the Holy Spirit and by the Word. When you think about this command to draw near and the manner and the basis by which we are to obey this command, there's a lot of things that we can learn just from this one verse. We can see, first of all, that God has already done His part. God has done His part so we can be enabled to do our part. The work of Jesus Christ on the cross has prepared us so that we can enter into God's presence, so that we can draw near. Also, we can understand that, you know, drawing near, drawing near is not something we do once a week. It's not limited to our coming to a worship service on Sundays, but that's a very important part of your spiritual growth and your drawing near. We draw near as an assembly. Uh, we need to cultivate a life where we do this every day. Where daily we are approaching God's presence through prayer and through the reading of God's word. To yearn to know God means that we're going to set aside planned times of fellowship with God. 
This is something that we're going to yearn to do. We're going to draw near daily. We're going to fellowship with Him. We're going to pray. We're going to read this word. And uh, alam ko, madami tayong mga excuses. Uh, Pastor Rob, you don't know how busy I am. You don't know all the different tasks I have to do for school or for work, plus helping out at home. There's just not enough time to do this. You cannot afford not to do this. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you're committed to growing spiritually, drawing near to God is something that you need to do every day. This is, needs to be the priority of our life. This is the thing that we need to plan for. What we can also learn from this verse is, really there's kind of a hidden warning. You're either going to heed God's call to draw near and be satisfied in who He is, or your heart will yearn to be filled with things that will leave you unsatisfied. Um, in busy lifestyle, natin, we, we leave little place for intimacy or communication, listening to God. But it takes time to keep our lives focused on the right thing. You need to spend that time with God. There's a second command that he gives if you want to build your spiritual life, your relationship with God, you want to close, walk with him closely. And we find this in verse 23. Uh, not just are we commanded to draw near to God, but we're also commanded to hold the Christian faith unswervingly. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. So here's, once you read passages like this, here's how we can use the six questions. Remember last uh, Sunday school hour, natin, we talked about using questions as we're reading scripture. main command? main command is, uh, we need to hold fast. What should we hold fast? Hold fast the confession of our hope. Well, what's the confession of our hope? What is that? That's really the, the Christian faith, if you would. That's our belief. That's the, the doctrine of trusting in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. So what, what's he commanding us to do? He's commanding us to hold fast, to not let go of our Christian faith. In fact, there are two phrases here describing that command. Here's how you obey that command. Una-una, you obey that command with an unwavering manner, without wavering. Uh, yung salitang unwavering, the idea here is unswerving, right? Uh, we know we can usually identify a driver that's falling asleep or a driver who's drunk by the way that the car is moving. If you're on a straight road and uh, that car in front of you starts to, to veer slowly to the left, right, or, and then comes back to the middle, parang nag-readjust, nag-recalibrating driver. Alam mo, atrasan mo na, okay? O kaya unahan mo na, alagpasan mo. Kasi inaantok yung nagmamaneho na yun. He's swerving to the left or, or swerving to the right. Or a person who's drunk or intoxicated, that's how he walks, right? Hindi siya makalakad ng diretsyo. Yung katawan niya, wala siyang balance, and the idea here in this verse is you hold on to that, that faith with an unswerving manner. Focused. Committed. Just continuing step by step, putting one step in front of the other. Not letting go. Why should we do this? For he who promised is faithful. Here's why you need to be faithful to God. And hold fast to that confession of faith. You need to be faithful to God because He called you to this salvation and He is faithful. Hold to the confession because of God's faithfulness. Yung salitang faithful, faithful dito has the idea of constancy. 
Okay? We, we can count on God to stand behind His promise in Scripture. And because of that, we have a reason to hold unswervingly the confession of hope. Uh, there was a boy in the 1970s in the state of Georgia in the United States. His name uh, was Martin Rowe. And uh, he lived with his family on a farm in Georgia. And uh, one day he was riding with his father on their tractor as they were plowing the, the land. And the uh, tractor, uh, this isn't a mowing tractor, but the tractor that they used on farms. The tractor overturned. I don't know if they, they hit a ditch at the wrong angle or uh, they gunned the engine too much, but uh, nag-overturn, nahulog silang pareho ng tatay niya. And uh, si Martin Rowe was six years old at this time, and he was pinned down. Uh, both his arms were pinned down. In fact, uh, there was so much damage to his one arm, he lost complete use of that arm. And also his other arm uh, was damaged partially. And uh, while they were at the hospital, um, and he was getting treatment, uh, he overheard the doctor and nurses talking to his parents outside, and he somehow found out that his parents uh, owed the hospital $32,000. Okay? Now, malaki pa rin yun ngayon, pero can you imagine back in those days for a farming family, that's, that's a big amount of money. And uh, when his parents came into the room, the six-year-old Martin told his mom, he informed his mom, sabi niya, um, I'm gonna pay off this bill myself. He knew that his parents didn't have that money. Sabi niya, mom, I... I'm going to pay off this bill by myself. And uh, I don't know what you, how you would have responded if your child told you that, but probably uh, his parents you know, responded with kindness. You know, okay, Martin smiled at him, uh, knowing that this was an impossibility. That, uh, he wouldn't be able to do this. He was a concerned child, but this was nothing but a fantasy. Well, when he got out of the hospital and was able to go back to school, see, Martin started picking up bottles from the side of the road. And uh, he sold it. And uh, after a few months, he was able to collect $400 just from trading into mga bottles. And uh, he gave it to his mother and uh, to help pay for his school bill. And then, patuloy uh, ginawa ito. And then somehow he found out, I don't know who told him, but he learned that uh, he could make more money by actually trading in not glass bottles, but aluminum cans. And so this is what he started doing. And so he started, uh, he, he started collecting aluminum cans as well. And there was a company in Georgia by the name of Reynolds Aluminum Company. And uh, they, heard, they heard about Martin's Endeavor. And then another company called Bear Archery Company in Gainesville, Florida. Narinig din nila yung ginawa ni, ni uh, Martin. And so what they began to do is all their scrap aluminum for the next few years Instead of throwing it away, they would donate it to Martin. And uh, what happened was, uh, by the time he was 11 years old, he was able to walk out of that hospital having fully paid his debt of $32,000. Now, as you think about that story, here's an amazing boy. And what was he motivated by? He was motivated by his great love for his parents. And yung pagmamahal niya sa kanyang mga magulang brought him to just a point in his life where he seized on that goal of helping his parents pay this debt. And it took him five years. And every day he would take steps. He would take literal steps to walk on that road and just one by one, bottle by bottle, can by can, he would work off 
to help pay for that debt that his accident had incurred. And he was unswerving in that goal. Yung kanyang obedience to this goal was a long-term obedience and it was rewarded in the end. You know, that's a kind of obedience that we need to have. We need to have a long, a life of long obedience to the call of God. We need to be unswerving as we hold to the confession of faith. And I know that Christian life is hard, right? Uh, there are moments where it's just, it's harder. It's harder to live for God than it is to not live for God. There are many moments in the Christian life where it would be easier to, to stop reading the Bible, to stop praying, to stop living for Jesus Christ and just to start living for self or for sin or for the world and do what you want to do. It takes resolve to live this kind of life. Let me just encourage you. Hold unswervingly to the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Uh, this demands a mature response from you and me. A, a response that even as we face obstacles and, and opposition, that, that we hold unswervingly and we make the, the choice to be faithful because the one who has called us is faithful. God is the one who promises to give us grace. He continues to, to give us strength. And tandaan natin, as we do that, ultimately we don't have that strength in and of ourselves. Who provides that strength? God provides that grace. He gives you the grace and strength you need to hold fast our confession in an unwavering manner. There's a third command here. We find it in verse 24 to 25. And the command is to keep on motivating one another to love and good works. God wants us to draw near because of what Jesus Christ has done. He wants us to hold unswervingly to our faith. And he also wants us to keep on motivating other believers toward love and good works. Tingnan natin itong command na ito. Unang-una, makikita natin, this requires careful consideration. Let us consider Itong salitang consider has the idea of careful thought, thoughtful attention, deep concern. And uh, what to? What should we consider carefully? To stir up or provoke one another to love and good works. Uh, yung verb uh, is directly followed with one another. That means yung emphasis. Let, uh, yung emphasis is on the one anothering. Okay? Um, to stir up one another. To provoke one another. Yung salitang stir up or provoke. Usually in scripture, it's used in a negative way. And even in English, we use provoke. Uh, you know, you're provoking me in a negative way. But really, the idea here is a lot of action. But the main command is not the provoking or the stirring up. The main command is actually the consider. The idea is, as a Christian, we need to really give a lot of thought to doing this. Uh, there's a game that we play in our house with our, bo our boys recently learned how to play it in the last six months. Some of you guys, you know, we used to have risk. Remember how we used to have risk nights? About three or four in the morning, okay? And uh, we would meet together at our house. We would start playing at eight over pizza. Tapos 4 a.m. na, you know, naglalaro pa kami ng risk, okay? And it's a military strategy. The guys, the girls, I don't think the girls really enjoyed it. But the guys really, <laughs> see, Kristen enjoyed it. But, but the guys really enjoyed it. And uh, they would stay at our house till 4 in the morning playing it. And it really requires 
thinking. A lot of it was based on how you roll the dice, but a lot of it was also based on your planning, on your strategy. You had to be several moves ahead of everyone else if you had any hope or any chance of winning the game. You had to figure out how you would strengthen the border of your countries and how you would you know, strategically attack your opponents. It, it required careful thought, and depending on what moves people would make, you would have to make an adjustment to your plans. And we would sit there, and we ended up having to make new rules, because sometimes people would spend too much time thinking about what they would do during their turn. That, you know, we said, okay, from now on, you just have three minutes to think. Okay? You'd have to come up with your decision. That means if you want to think, you think while the game is going around. You make your move right away. That's the idea of this verb. Let us consider. Think carefully about how we're going to provoke each other to love and to good works. How much time did you spend this week thinking about ways that your life could affect the life of others in the church? How much time did you spend considering how to provoke others to love and good works? Yung object netong stirring up is to an attitude of love. So as you're looking at each other, look at the person next to you. I should be thinking, how can I help Pastor Greg to love God more? How can I help Pastor Greg to produce more good works? What can I do in my life this week that will challenge uh, Andrew or, 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 or Buboy or Neri to love God more and love the church more? Maybe that means inviting them out for a cup of coffee. Maybe it means asking them about their personal devotions. Maybe it means just having a conversation with them when I see them and, and seeing how things are going at home. But I need to be intentional about how I'm doing these things because the main command here is that I would consider or think carefully about how I'm going to provoke them to love and good works. And then there's uh, two more phrases that describe this command. One is negative. Uh, here's a, a negative. It means there's intentional commitment involved. The negative command is not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some. So, so the idea here is, listen, if you want to obey this commandment, there's a way that you maybe won't be able to obey this commandment. If you want to obey this commandment, you do it through your intentional commitment. Don't neglect to gather together. And uh, by the way, you know, itong gathering together, that's what we do as a church on a weekly basis. Uh, we do this by meeting together here on Sundays. So we do this together by meeting together on Wednesdays, Wednesday nights. And these are opportunities for us to gather together. And what that is, is for a short time, whether you're here for a few hours on Sunday or whether you're here for an hour on Wednesday, that's your window of opportunity where, where you can actually, uh, uh, you know, provoke one another to love and good works. Not limited to, but there's the window of opportunity. Not neglecting to meet together, the idea here is don't abandon the activity of assembling together. And this is why I'm really against the idea of home church, okay? Uh, for, for those of you who are considering home church, uh, that actually goes strictly against Scripture. In fact, the uh, articles that I mentioned to you, uh, if you would, you know, first article that you should read is the one that says show up, okay? I think it's the second article down. Uh, but just read that article. And there's a lot in Scripture that tells us we need to assemble or gather together. And there's many reasons why the believers here in Hebrews, you know, could be doing that. 
One, they could have been discouraged by the threat of persecution. Some of them could have been discouraged by, by the delay of Christ's second coming. Some of them are just discouraged by apathy. And personally, I believe that in the last year and a half, there's a lot of apathy going on in the church. A lot of excuses have been made by us as far as our spiritual life. And, and coronavirus is an easy excuse. Well, there's a virus. And uh, even when you're vaccinated, you know, the virus isn't going anywhere. But your spiritual health is. Uh, I would rather die of the coronavirus and be doing what God wants me to do than live a long and healthy life of disobedience. And that's really what our attitude should be. Now, I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to be irresponsible, okay? Uh, that's, not my, that's not what I'm telling you to do. But I think we need to pay careful attention uh, to what Scripture is saying and to our heart's responses. Uh, I think we've made a lot of excuses and we've been living in fear rather than living in faith. We haven't been provoking each other to love and good works. We come to church and then we run right out. Because there's a virus. So we miss out on opportunities to provoke each other to love and good works. And it also requires urgent insistence. Why? As you see, and so much the more, all the more, as you see the day drawing near. And what's interesting in the Greek language, the phrase all the more, it's kind of weird. It says, all the more as much as you can. Okay? It's like a double positive. So much, keep doing this. As you see the day drawing near. What day is he talking about? He's talking about the return of Jesus Christ. Our window of opportunity to provoke one another to love and good works is short. God wants you to be consistently involved in the life of the church. That's the main command there. The principle behind this command, not neglecting to meet one another, doesn't mean that you need to attend every physical meeting offered by the church. Okay? Sunday morning worship, Sunday school, Sunday evening, Wednesday night, Bible study on Friday, every program that's here on Saturdays, that's, that's not the thought. The thought is, here, here would be a better way to see if you're applying this, this verse. Are you meaningfully engaged in the life of the church on a weekly basis? Are you involved in worship? Are you being educated or instructed through the preaching and teaching of God's Word? Are you ministering and exercising your spiritual gifts? Are you experiencing Christian fellowship? Also, as we think about these two verses, we need to understand that we need to build strong relationships with other Christians. Uh, I want to I warn all of you. you know, we, have, we have different friends, and uh, yung mga friends are really some of the strongest influences in our lives. You know who your closest friends should be? Your closest friends should be people who are drawing you to love God more. They should be Christians in the church. Christians who love God and are drawing you close to God. Uh, yung ating mga associations, they're, they're going to make a great impact on your life, whether it's for good or for, for evil. Uh, they influence your outlook. They influence your life purpose. They influence your speech, your priorities, your goal setting, your decisions. And uh, they, have, they have great influence on your actions and even on 
your spiritual perseverance. That means that the strongest relationship that you should have should be found within your community of Christians within the church, those who know God and those who love God. And I think that's a question we need to ask ourselves. Who are my closest friends? And do they help me to love God more? Or are they drawing me away from God? Do they help me, encourage me to, to, to read my Bible and to pray, to worship, and to serve God? Um, okay, yung, okay naman yung, you know, coffee, labas-labas, you know, whatever, outing, basketball. Pero uh, what, how do your friends really influence you? Are they influencing you to love God more? Do they provoke you to love and good works? This passage tells us that Jesus Christ is the key. He is the key to our close walk with God. You know, going back to driving with Google Maps, uh, see, Google Maps also kind of has a positive spin to it. Uh, really, it's helpful because you can get to your destination. And uh, one of the most satisfying things about using Google Maps is when you hear that voice say, your destination is 20 meters on your left. You have arrived at your destination. Right? And then we turn it on. I'm like, yeah, I made it. All right? Thank you, Google. No thank you ways. Right? Wouldn't that be nice for you to hear God say, you have arrived at your destination. You wanted a close walk with God. And because you did it on the basis of the grace that Jesus Christ gives, you depended on His grace and obeyed His commands. You have arrived at your destination. You have a close walk with God. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus Christ not only has provided us with everything we need, but Jesus Christ has very clearly commanded us what to do. Will you help us to approach you on the basis of his work on the cross and in obedience to his commands? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.